I am just excited about what God is doing, and it's always a pleasure for me to be here. Uh, I know Brother Tom is probably kicking back and and enjoying some time there, uh, not cold like it was a couple days ago, uh, like we are. But uh, I had a friend who uh, is in Florida right now, and this morning they sent me a text and said, 75 and sunny. Well, I replied back and said, I'm 75 and sunny on the inside. At least I feel 75 and my daddy calls me sunny, so uh, we'll see if that works. I uh, heard a story about a man who was traveling through Ekron at one time. It's been a few years back, <clears throat> but as he was traveling through Ekron, uh, it was during the Christmas season, and he noticed that there was a, a manger scene there. So he slowed down a little bit and was really checking it out, and he was surprised at the great detail in the craftsmanship that went into this manger scene. And uh, he was just blown away by it and loved it. But then he got to looking a little closer, and he noticed that on the wise men's head were firemen's hats. So he was puzzled by that, and it really bothered him, so he stopped at the little store, and uh, he went in and he said, Ma'am, I am just blown away at how great this manger scene is down the road. But I, I just don't understand why do the wise men have on hats. Well, she was flabbergasted. She, she just didn't know what was going on. She said, I can't believe people today. They just don't know their Bible. So she went over, grabbed a Bible off the shelf, opened it up, and she said, look, it says right there that the three wise men came from afar. So that's why they've got the helmets on. And, uh, and anyway, that... She was just blown away a little bit that, that they didn't know that the wise men came from afar. You know what's really funny? Is that the Bible doesn't say that the wise men came from afar. Uh, how many of you thought it did? Oh, some, how many of you are lying in church because you don't want to be embarrassed? There we go. Uh, but uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 2 here in a few minutes. But first, I want to... Um, tell you how much I appreciate being here with you guys. It's, it's always great, and to be able to hear a story like we did this morning uh, about your Lottie Moon offering and how much you care and how much you give, about the uh, backpacks that you have uh, given, about uh, other missionaries that you have supported, 700 and something dollars somewhere else. Uh, I think it's great that you are not only giving to those ministries, but you are involved in those ministries amen let me encourage you if the only thing you have done this year is give to those ministries get off your butt and get in gear okay i'm not your pastor i can shoot straight with you it is great that you give and god wants you to do that but christmas is more about just giving it's more than just giving it's about getting involved and doing things uh, wise men wise men will believe enough uh, to get involved and to do things. Uh, I, I'm really interested in how well we know the Christmas story. <coughs> that story uh, that I told you about the, the fireman's hats, uh, many people actually believe that the Bible says that they come from afar. But uh, I, I've got to tell you that some things that we think about in the Bible are not true. Um, in your bulletin, 
there is a place down here at the bottom that says, Wise men still follow him right under sermon notes. Somewhere really small there, it doesn't matter where. If you, if you want to take sermon notes, that's great. Uh, it's very possible I'll say something that you need to write down. I won't guarantee it, but it's very possible. But if, if somewhere there, you will write down the numbers 1 through 5. 1 through 5. We're going to do something real quick. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a Christmas quiz. So, uh, 1 through 5. Only 5 questions. Well, that's a lie. There's going to be a bonus. So, um, but, but let me just let you off the hook early. You don't have to cheat on this quiz. Because you're going to get it to grade it yourself, okay? So, so don't, don't think you've got to cheat. Some of you are going to cheat anyway, I know that. But uh, it's just how you are. But uh, don't cheat, but try to answer these. And we're going to go through them pretty quick. And we're going to grade them as we go because I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. But we're going to look at our uh, Christmas quiz here. So you should have that numbered. You should be ready to go. What's going to happen is I'm going to give you the question. You'll see it on the screen up here. Uh, there's, it's going to be a multiple choice. It's going to be easy. You should make 100. And you're going to pick through, and you're going to pick the right answer. All you've got to do is write down A, B, C, D, whatever the answer is. And then as quick as I say that, I'm going to say, time's up, stop. And if you didn't write something down or at least think of it in your brain, you missed it, okay? So it's not like if you don't participate, you get 100. If you don't participate, you get a zero. It's just like in school. So uh, we're going to take our Christmas quiz, and we're going to start with question number one. Question number one. What does the Bible say the innkeepers said to Mary and Joseph? Was it A, there is no room in the inn. I have a stable you can use. Both A and B, or none of the above. I wish I had a little Jeopardy music in the background here. Okay, all right, we're not taking a long time, so in three, two, one, here's your correct answer, none of the above, innkeeper didn't say anything there, you can go back and look at that in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, innkeeper actually didn't, didn't speak, um, number two, a manger is a blank, is it A, a stable for domestic animals, B, a wooden hay storage bin, C, a feeding trough, or D, a barn. Okay, in three, two, one. It is actually a feeding trough. It is actually a feeding trough. How many, how many people still have a 100 so far? Wow, y'all aren't as smart as I thought you were. Only four or five of you? That's blowing me away. Uh, number, uh, number three, number three. According to the Bible, how did Mary and Joseph get to Bethlehem? A, a camel, B, a donkey, C, they walked, D, Joseph walked, and Mary rode a donkey, and I guess E, who knows. <coughs> okay, in three, two, one, correct answer is, who knows, the Bible doesn't say. Most people think that the Bible talks about them riding on a donkey, and uh, matter of fact, you've seen the Christmas movie about the donkey and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, bottom line is the Bible really doesn't say. Okay, number four, number four. Where did the wise men find Jesus? Was it in a manger, in a stable, in Nazareth, in Saudi Arabia, in a house, or none of the above? Where did the wise men find Jesus? We're talking about the wise men today. Hopefully after today, You'll know a little bit more about the wise men. 
Okay, should have had time on that. The answer is E, in a house, in a house. And number, well, in case you missed one, we will still give you a, uh, nope, this is number five, sorry. Uh, number five, uh, where do we find the Christmas story? This one should be easy, very, very easy for you. Where do you find the Christmas story? Notice one of the answers is not just in the Bible, because that's where it's at, but is it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Is it in all the Gospels? Is it in only uh, Matthew and Mark? Is it only in Matthew and Luke? Or is it only in Matthew, Mark, and Luke? Okay. Drum roll, please. Answer is only in Matthew and Luke. Only in Matthew and Luke. Those are the only two places that it talks about uh, the Christmas story. I think it's kind of neat that Matthew was a tax collector. And he actually talked about the genealogies and, and kind of from a tax collector perspective. Uh, Luke, on the other hand, was a, was a physician. He was a doctor. And, and he talked about the birth and, and uh, the pregnancy and, and all of that kind of stuff. So it's kind of neat getting the different perspectives of the gospel. Okay, our bonus question. Bonus question. Uh, when Joseph and Mary, well, when Joseph found out Mary was pregnant, what happened? A, they got married. B, Joseph wanted to break off the engagement. C, Mary left town for three months. Or D, both A and B. Or E, did I highlight both? I gave you the answer. If you missed this one, you are in trouble. Okay? Or B and C. Some of you would have missed it anyway. I shouldn't have said anything, but now hopefully you got it. Uh, but, but he wanted to break off the engagement. And, and uh, they left town for three months. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the Christmas quiz. <clears throat> I know some of you have been in church and, and, and heard the Christmas story for years and years and years. I mean, by the time I go through the Christmas story, what, 50, 60 years, I, I should know everything there is about the Christmas story. Isn't that, doesn't that make sense? If you do the same thing over and over again, the problem is, is sometimes... Uh, our information or our understanding of the Christmas story is a little jacked up. It's not just right. Where do we get our information from the Christmas story? How do we come to that knowledge? Where have we acquired our thoughts of how the Christmas story played out? Well, I remember as a boy... Uh, doesn't seem like churches do this much anymore, but, but when I was a young boy, we had a Christmas play every year. And uh, it was some kind of a play. Uh, sometimes we would do a musical, but the church I went to, it was normally a play, and we would act out the Christmas story. Sometimes there'd be um, uh, the story of the, the wise men and the shepherds and, and that whole deal. Uh, sometimes there was a different kind of story. I remember one Christmas we did one of a, a hotel where uh, a family was in a car crash, and that was a different kind of a Christmas story. But, but we learned about different parts of the Christmas story as we were growing up. And a lot of times it was in Christmas plays, or you, or you might have learned something on a Christmas card or in a commercial. Um, a lot of people learned a lot about the Christmas story through music, right? We sang a song a few minutes ago. Uh, you remember the song, We Three Kings from Orient Are? Guess what? They weren't kings. 
and there wasn't three of them. So is that song messed up or what? Is it okay that we sing that? Sure, it's okay that we sing that. I, I love that song. A song is a great way to sing and rejoice, and, and I'm okay with that. That's not a problem. doesn't bother me at all. But don't get your theology from a song. Get your theology from the Word of God. Amen? So who are these wise men? Who are these wise men? We've already talked enough to know that that not everybody understands the real story of the Christmas, uh, the, the real Christmas story. Uh, who are these wise men? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to first read uh, Matthew chapter 2. We'll read about 12 verses out of Matthew chapter 2. And then uh, <coughs> we'll go back and look at this. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now after... Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Notice it didn't say from afar. I even went back and looked in the King James Version. I know some of you have done the same thing since then. But uh, it doesn't say that. It says from the east. Um, verse 2. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and gathered together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judea, um, Land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for from you will come forth a ruler who will be my shepherd uh, and shepherd my people. When Herod secretly called for the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared, and he went <clears throat> and sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and behold, uh, the star which, had, uh, which they had seen in the east went on ahead of them until they came to a stop over the place where the child was found. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceeding with great joy. And after they came to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And after being warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left their own country for their own country another way. So a um, couple things that, that I would just go ahead and tell you, part of the reasons that some of you uh, maybe missed that uh, about three kings or not knowing that there was not three kings was it does talk about gold and frankincense and myrrh. And if I relate back to the story I told earlier when I was younger, uh, we would have a Christmas story. Guess how many wise men we would always have? Three. Do you know why we would have three wise men? Because one would have to carry the gold, one would have to carry the frankincense, and the other had to carry the myrrh. So uh, it, it's not an uncommon thing for people to think that. But these wise men... <coughs> were probably uh, in a large group of people. 
a, a very large group of people. You see, these wise men probably came with camels loaded down with gold and frankincense and myrrh. These wise men came with their servants, uh, a huge entourage. These wise men uh, are, are, are a noble-type people. The, uh, the Bible refers to them as magi, magi. Uh, some people would even say that they are what's called king makers. In other words, they help determine who the king will be. Uh, they uh, studied uh, science and they studied math and astrology and history and they were well educated. Uh, they were known for interpreting dreams. They were religious leaders of their days. Uh, matter of fact, they were members of an ancient caste in, in Persia and many people track them back through the Old Testament. So how did these learned, wise, educated men know about this Jewish baby that was being born in Bethlehem? How, how could somebody so far away, they didn't have the internet back then, CNN didn't report, hey, the Messiah is being born in Bethlehem. They had to study and they had to learn. But where did they even think to study or to learn? It amazes me at how great God is and how the Old Testament and the New Testament ties together. If you'll go back and you'll study a little bit about the Old Testament, you'll find out that, that in the history of Israel, uh, there was a country that came in and they captured and took over Israel. Anybody remember the name of the country? Old man named Nebuchadnezzar was with him? Anybody? Brother Tom, you're going to have to do a lot of teaching when you get back, brother. Okay? It was Babylon. Babylon came in, and, and they conquered Israel, and they took them away, and they kept them for 70 years. There was this guy in the Bible. His name was Daniel. Anybody know anything about Daniel? Come on. This is where you chime in. We're going to be here all day, guys. Lions, yeah, Daniel's the guy that was thrown into the lion's den, remember? He was the one who would pray, and, and, and he was the one, if you go back and study, you'll find out that when they brought the people from Israel, they picked out the prime people, and they wanted to put them in, the, in this program, and basically this program was an education program, and raised them up to be magi. So he was learning and he was studying and, and he was following all that. And if you'll go back to Daniel, I wrote it down. I have to double check and make sure I tell you the right place here. Uh, Daniel chapter 5, in uh, verse 11, it talks about them making Daniel the chief of the Magi. Now that was 539 B.C. when Nebuchadnezzar went in and, and took over and was conquered and all that. But uh, as Daniel grew in favor... And, and learned uh, even the law of what's called the Medes and the Persians. And as he studied and learned that, uh, he grew in favor. And, and he, and there was another one, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember those guys? What happened with those guys? They were thrown in the fiery furnace, okay? They were thrown in the fiery furnace. But, but those guys were respected and well-known, and they became what, what would be called, or what we would think of, as magi, those religious rulers. So, um, if Daniel was the leader of the group, 
And if you go back and study and see even from the beginning how devout Daniel was, then you would understand that his thumbprint, if you will, his teaching and God's teachings by default through that 75 years that he was in exile. And Daniel actually stayed longer than that, even, even with the Medes and the Persians. But uh, through that time, his influence and his teaching about the gospel and teaching about prophecy, and that's what these guys studied. Remember another thing about Daniel is he would interpret dreams. They, they would do these things, and, and his influence was there even 500 years later at the birth of Christ. So how did those in the East know? Well, they knew because they had heard through the influence of Daniel and through the influence of those people that were carried into Babylon. Now, I know history is a little boring, and, and that kind of blows you away. I kind of like history if it's, if it's told just right, but I'm a boring person anyway. So in my notes, I put insert joke here just, just to kind of get you back on track. Okay, so uh, we know that the wise men were, were from the east, and they had to travel a long way. Uh, what you may not have known is that they arrived at a house. Some of you probably didn't know that. Some of you probably thought they arrived at the manger. Uh, matter of fact, when they saw the star, it probably took them a year to 18 months to be able to travel that far. Are you with me? So I'm going I'm to give you a little bit of, and, and I don't know all of this. I'm putting some of this together in my brain, okay? Uh, so, so don't don't take this as theology, take this as, huh, that's kind of the way Steve Butler sees it. So, um, I, I see that, that they would take probably a little over a year. By that time, I think Joseph and Mary were set up somewhere in a house, probably. Uh, a newborn baby, they're not in the manger anymore, they, they, the taxation's over, and, and they come, and so they ask <coughs> uh, Herod, hey, what's going on with this baby? this newborn king okay a little more history real quick uh herod was a mem was was kind of under the roman rule you with me well these guys were the medes and the persians and i don't know if you know it or not but rome and the medes and the persians would often battle do you know where the common battleground would often be right there around where herod was so when these guys came from the east herod was a little scared I don't know if you know much about the Roman rule, but the Romans would put people back in their country to let them rule, but if there was a problem, they would just come in and they'd wipe everybody out and put a new group. So Herod was afraid of any uprisings or anything like that, though he had the power and wanted to be able to keep the power, and hearing about a new king was not something he enjoyed. You with me? So, Herod went... And wanted to find out about uh, where this happened. So he asked the people around. And everybody was like, well, we all know it's in Bethlehem. That's what the scripture says. So, so Herod knew. And he went back to him and he asked. He said, hey, uh, what about the time? Now, they don't give us the Magi's answer. But if you'll read the scripture there, you'll find out that Herod said, hey, about what time did you see the star? Stephen Ray Butler version. Oh, it was about 12, 18 months ago. They probably had the exact date. And then later, Herod did something to try to destroy the king. You remember what that was? Killed all the babies two years and under. You with me? 
So I really don't think it was more than two years. I think it was under two years that all this took place. So he tried to kill all the babies and stuff, and, and in a false statement, he went to them. And he said, hey, uh, here's the time, or, or here's the location. Uh, what time was it? He got his information. He said, when you all find him, come and tell me, because I want to go worship him too. And of course, we know that was a lie. He was wanting to go and destroy the baby because he was afraid of losing his kingdom. Okay, the wise men went on, <coughs> they found uh, Joseph and Mary, they gave them gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they worshipped, and then in a dream they were told, don't go back and tell Herod. So they went home a different way. Well, Herod got upset, we know uh, the, the rest of the story, and, and, but, but that's kind of the Stephen Ray Butler version, if you will. Now I also think, uh, if you go back and study and, and look at it, when they left, Herod got upset and decided to kill all the babies two years old and under. God is really good. Listen, listen to how I think this happened. I think God warned them, Mary and Joseph, and they knew they were going to have to flee. Anybody remember where they fled to? Egypt. They fled to Egypt. Any idea how they paid for their trip? I think the wise men paid for their trip. Are you with me? They had gold, they had frankincense, and myrrh. We, we think of Jesus, uh, though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. And I think Jesus was not necessarily a, a rich person on earth, but I don't think he was one like we often depict as not having anything. I mean, we know that Joseph was a carpenter. We know that, that he had a business and that he learned a trade. So, so we know that he would do things. It doesn't mean that he didn't have any money at all, and sometimes we want to think that. But he was probably more like me and you, the working class. But I think God saw the need before they needed it, and he provided the money for them to travel to Egypt to get away from Herod through the wise men that left probably 18 months before. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing how even back in the Old Testament, with Daniel, God was setting this up. Guys, if you'll study this and you'll understand some of the prophecies of the Bible, it will strengthen your faith. I teach math. And that kind of stuff just blows me away how God can use something so far in advance to make such an impact this much later. So, why did the wise men come? Why did the wise men come? Well, we've already talked a little bit about it. We know that they, they were, were educated people. We know that they followed the uh, prophecies, and, and they had seen enough in their lives going through that they, they passed it on from generation to generation and, and they saw it, they understood it, and they believed it enough to do something about it. That's why. Now, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Stand up just a second. Stand up just a second. We need to, if you're at home, stand up too. Need to stretch just a minute. Okay, if we're going to preach another hour and a half, we've got to get after it. So, um, if you've been in church 
If you've been in church less than 20 years, sit down. Less than 20 years. Some of you aren't 20 years old, so you've got to sit down. You realize that. Okay, look, look how many people have been in church more than 20 years. Isn't that amazing? If you've been in church less than 30 years, sit down. Less than 50 years, sat down. Lost a few more that time. I, I did a 20-year 20, 20 jump. Okay? Less than 60 years, been in church. Look how many people have been in church more than 60 years. Isn't that amazing? Okay, everybody else can sit down. I'm not going to show them how old you are. But, uh, but, but God, these, these guys learned it, they knew it, and they understood because they'd been trained from a little person. Guys, you, you should be a wise person, wise enough to follow the Savior. Because you've been in church long enough to learn about the gospel. You guys that have been around for a while, you should be teaching and training and raising up younger people to know about Jesus Christ. We didn't have enough set down when I said 20 or less. I'm just telling you the truth. We need more young people to be trained about the gospel of Jesus Christ, just like these magi were. Number two, in verse one, you'll see, or in verse two, you'll see that they came to worship him. Verse two and verse 11, it says that they came to worship him. We know that he did. We also talked about Herod saying, hey, tell me about it so I can come and worship him. Guys, we worship a couple different ways. Worship is actually an inside and an outside kind of thing. I want you to know that. A lot of times we worship outside by giving. You guys did an awesome job by giving, what, $17,000 for the Christmas offering? That is phenomenal. Give yourselves another hand for that. That is awesome. And that is one way that we can worship, and you can see it. It's outside worship. Coming to church is another way that you can see it. It's, it's a worship of God. But worship is more than just what happens on the outside. Worship is twofold. It's outside and inside. Inside worship, you can't see it nearly as well. It's worship with a heart. You can fool people into that. Matthew chapter 15, verse 6 through 8. Listen to this. So for the sake of your tradition, you make void the word of God. You hypocrites. That's not a very nice word. Isaiah prophesied rightly about you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrine. That's people that come to church, tell you to be good. They want to live a good life. You think they're a good worshiper. They want to do good things. But their heart is black. You can fool people, but you can't fool God. If you want to worship God, you need to worship Him on the inside and on the outside. <clears throat> Matthew uh, goes on in uh, verse 23. It says, but uh, the hour is coming and now is when, uh, and is now here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him so we need to worship god in spirit and in truth number three the wise men brought gifts gold frankincense and myrrh i actually think they brought more gifts than that i think they brought several other things i don't know what all gifts 
they brought him? Um, what gifts do you bring Christ? I know you give him money, and that's great. Gold is one thing. This would be a great place to talk about tithing, right? Because if you're a wise man, you're going to seek Jesus. You're going to know about him. You're going to learn about him. You're going to worship him. And you're also going to give to him. Yes, you're going to give your gifts. You're going to give your tithes. And again, thank you for, for your generosity as a church. But if you're one that hasn't done anything with your generosity, you need to pray and ask God to help you and change your heart there. Maybe you can't give thousands of dollars. But you can get involved and work and do things. Maybe you can give thousands of dollars. Great, do that. But guess what? You can still get involved and work and do things. The wise men were involved. They were traveling months and months to see Jesus. Then they had to go home. Hundreds of miles. What have you done? What have you brought? What did you give Jesus this year? They asked me back at the sound booth this morning. They said, hey, how was your Christmas? I said, it was great. Worst I've ever had. And that, that was true. It's probably the worst Christmas I've ever had. Couldn't, well, I went and took food to my boys. They couldn't come home for Christmas. Uh, to me, that, that's what it's about is getting together and, and fellowshipping and loving and, and, and sharing the love of Christ. But even my worst Christmas is better than some people's best Christmas. God has blessed me so much. What am I going to do to give back? How are you giving back? What are you giving to Christ? So they brought in gifts. Number four, they came to make him king. I'd mentioned to you earlier that some people call them kingmakers. And they do do that. Others uh, say that they're like uh, the Senate or, or maybe even like the Congress, and they, they just kind of keep the king in check. Regardless, it doesn't matter. They came and they made him king of their lives. That's what they were wanting to do. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You, too, can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.